want to welcome all of our online audience who are watching wherever you are this week. We thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, we invite you to be our guest if you're ever in our area. It's one thing to experience it online. It's another thing to to be here in the house live, and we would love for you to be our guest. Stop in. We'd love to meet you. Now, today, we're going to continue our series called The Promises. How many know the promises of God are yes and amen? I heard the story the other day about a guy who went to work, and he was taking his lunch. And as he brought his lunch in during lunchtime, he set it down on the table with his other co-workers, and he opened it up, and he pulled it out and said, oh, man, not again, pulled out a bologna sandwich, a plain bag of potato chips, and a, a drink. He complained about it, and then he left. And the next day, he came in carrying his lunch, and he set it down again, and he opened it up, and he goes, oh, here we go again. Another bologna sandwich, another plain bag of potato chips, same old drink. But the next day happened, and guess what happened? He opened up his bag, and it was the same old bologna sandwich. Plain bag of potato chips and the same drink. And this went on day after day, week after week. And finally, one of his co-workers said, dude, stop complaining. Just ask your wife to make you something different. He goes, hey, wait, 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 wait. Hold on a minute. Leave my wife out of this. I packed my own lunch. You know, there's a lot of truth in this because this truth is really real for our life. That many of us will walk into work tomorrow down, angry, negative, bad attitude, little hope, and we are there because we have decided when we get up, that's what we're packing for our lunch tomorrow. We've already decided it's going to be a bad day. We've already decided I got to live with this problem. We've already decided things are not going to get better. We've already decided my boss is going to be a pain. We've already decided I will never get a promotion. We've already decided I'll never advance from here. We've already decided my marriage is not going to get better. We've already decided all these things, and that's what we're going to get because that's what we're packing. The truth is this. The truth is we all make our own lunch. And tomorrow morning when you leave, you're going to decide what kind of day it's going to be. What kind of attitude am I going to have going in? What kind of hope am I going to bring with me? What's going to happen? We're going to decide all these things. We can all be filled with hope. We can all be filled with faith, even in uncertain times, though. See, if you fill your life with only what you see on the news, then your life's going to be consumed with fear. If tomorrow the only thing you put in is social media, the only thing you read is social media, then your life's going to be full of envy. Your life's going to be full of self-doubt. Your life's going to be full of low self-esteem because all you're putting in is how great everybody else's life is and mine's crazy. Everybody else's marriage is so much better than mine. Everybody else is having fun on their job and I don't. Everybody else gets to go on vacation and I don't. Everybody else gets to, listen, it's all facade. If that's the only thing you're putting into your mind tomorrow and in front of you, you're going to be full of all those things. But the good news is this, that God wants to fill your life full of hope with God's word, with God's promises. That's why we spent 21 days just renewing our mind and spirit, saying, God, we're going to pray 
more. We're going to read your word more. And we're going to listen to worship music a lot more. Why? Because we were feeling our spirits at the first of the year saying, God, we're getting ourselves back centered. Because once you do that, it's easier to pack your lunch saying it's going to be a good day. I got some problems, but my God's bigger than my problems. I got some things I'm facing, but it's okay because hope is in the sack today. I'm bringing with me faith in the house with me today. I'm bringing that God's going to cause all things to turn around for my good. This is what we've been doing this last few weeks, talking about things such as Esther and God's grace and the three Hebrew children and Jonah, all these faithful events that God is a God of second chances, that God really cares for the city of Nineveh and 120,000 people. God really cares for our city. God wants to give you a second chance. God wants you to continue to go on your calling. God wants to walk with you through the fire. God wants to be with you through every situation. God has not left us, but God is still moving on our behalf. So it's time we make our own lunch. Today I want to ask you a question. It's the same question we find in Scripture that God asked. Is anything too hard for our Lord? Answer that question in your spirit today. Is there anything too hard for our Lord? This question originates in the Bible. We see it first asked of Abraham and Sarah. God tells Abraham and Sarah, I'm going to make you great. Many nations are going to come out of you. You're going to have so many children, Abraham. You're going to be the father of many nations. The blessing is going to pour out. You're going to just be blessed as you come and go. And all the nations are going to know that Abraham's lineage is blessed. But time out. Only one problem. Abraham and Sarah have no children. And they are 90 and 100 years old. Yeah, you can say that again. 90 and 100 years old. So God's bringing this promise at a time when it seems like it's not possible. God's speaking this promise over their life in a time when it seems like, yeah, whatever, God. And when God spoke this promise the first time until it actually happened, do you realize almost 25 years had passed? Can you imagine waiting 25 years for the promise that God spoke to you? Can you imagine waiting all that time and nothing happening and you get more and more down, and pretty soon you get more and more depressed. But at first, Abraham didn't respond that way. The first time God spoke it, in Genesis 15, 6, look what it says here. And Abraham believed the Lord. God says, I'm going to make you the father of, of many nations. You're going to have this great blessing of heritage. And Abraham believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So when God first speaks it, Abraham's like, yes, Lord, all right, hallelujah, I'm not done yet, God's got something for me, God's got a promise for me, we've longed for this, we've wanted this, God's bringing us a son, God's going to bless our house, hallelujah, oh yeah, me and Sarah, woo, we get this moment, long time, once again, he's getting really excited, he's getting excited, he's like, yes, Lord, but as the years go by, we see things changing. It gets really hard when you got to wait a long time for the promises of God. So how do you grow during that time? How do you grow when the promise of God is there, but it's not happened yet? Number one, you got to receive the promise. You actually got to receive the promise in your spirit and believe it. Oftentimes you will hear words from somebody. Let's just take someone for an example. How about 
uh, maybe your spouse, okay? Like for me personally, how about, you know, we've been married, my honey, we've been married a long time. And, you know, over the years, we've spoken, <coughs> at least part of us, has spoken a lot of words. And if I'm not careful, we'll be in a car on a long trip and we'll be talking and all of a sudden are here. So what do you think? And I'm like, um, think, uh, well, what do you think, honey? I think, what, you, what do you think? She's like, you didn't hear a word. I just said the last 10 minutes, have you? I'm like, ah, I'm sorry. I spaced off. Uh, the reason why is the longer we're with somebody, the more we'll end up tuning them out, not even realizing it. The more we'll stop hearing their voice and not even clearly say, you know, oh, I'm listening, I'm listening, but really we're not. And I think it was kind of the same way with, with Abraham and Sarah that God has spoken it, but it had been such a long time they, they had given up on it. They didn't really hear God. As God began to continue to say, I'm going to give you a blessing. I'm going to provide you a son. They were not really, it wasn't really, really commuting to their heart and to the spirit. They no longer believed it would happen. They've been waiting so long. They, they had stopped hearing God, stopped listening to God. And we, we see it in Genesis 18, 12, as Sarah's response after it had been so long. Now it's the fourth time that God's told her this. This is her response. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my husband is also so old? Now, when we first read this, we can all laugh and go, this is kind of comical, isn't it? This is, a, this is really a funny story. You read it and you think about what must transition because this wasn't the virgin birth, okay? They were actually going to have to physically go through this act for it to happen. So we start thinking about this, and then we start thinking about her response to them being old. It can be very comical, but I don't want that to mask what was really going on here. Because what we see here is she laughed. How could God use a worn-out woman like me and old man like that? I believe she wasn't speaking of their bodies. I believe what we see is a broken woman. I believe we see someone, you ever seen someone who laughs and then you know they're broken inside? I think this is what Sarah's going through right here. I think Sarah had been waiting so long. She had been disappointed so long. She'd already went through her birthing years. She'd already went through menopause. She'd already went through all those things. Now she knows she's getting toward the end of her life and she's like, yeah, it ain't gonna happen. This was a broken woman. This is a woman who had broken dreams. This was a woman who had been defeated. This is a woman who life was hard on her. This is a woman who faced public embarrassment. This is a woman who couldn't provide. This is a woman who was broken. And she laughed. She laughed, not because she thought it was funny, because she was broken. Right, right. Can you just, right, God, whatever. And Abraham didn't do any better. We've seen the previous chapter, 17 and 17. Abraham bowed down to the ground, but what did he do? He laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100, he thought? And how can Sarah have a baby when she's 90 years old? So we see something happening here. We see this laugher happening. He laughed in disbelief. Abraham laughs. Sarah laughs, but it's really a laugh out of hurt. It's really a laugh out of hurt. 
And then they cry. They're laughing through their tears. And life has been hard. Ever been there? I have. Ever been broken? I have. Have you ever been broken? Yes, God, God sees you through your tears and God even sees the laughter. And God shows up again in Genesis 18, 13, and 14. Look what he says now. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? And look what he asked. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And look what he says. I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. And so we see this happening here. And I believe God's asking the same question to you and I today. Is anything too hard for our Lord? Is anything, and we say, yeah, we, we say the right answer. No, there's nothing too hard. But in our spirit, in our mind, I wonder if we've already painted, by, painted God in the box. We've already put him in a box. There's nothing too hard for God except for my situation. There's nothing too hard for God except for my problem. If we're not careful because it's been a long time, because we've carried the burden for a long time, we've given up on the promise. And I'm here to encourage you today. Don't give up on the promise. Our God keeps his promises. Our God is a faithful God. Our God is already preparing something to happen in the face of the problem. I will never get out of debt. You ask the question, will I ever get a better job? Will I ever see my healing? Will I ever have a relationship with my children again? Will my marriage ever get better? Will I ever laugh again? Will I ever love again? Will I ever smile again? Will I ever be used of God again? Well, we ask these questions, and I simply ask you the same question back. Is there anything too hard for our Lord? What's the answer? No, there is nothing too hard for our God. With God, all things are possible. We can laugh and say, but pastor, you don't know my situation. You don't know how bad my problem is. And you're right, I don't know. But God knows, and there is nothing too hard for our God. Be encouraged today. There is nothing too hard for our God. We have a problem, but we also have a promise. And every problem, God's already given us a promise to cover it. Look at a few of them right here. I want you to see this. The problem, I won't have enough. But the promise is this. God says, I will provide. The problem, my future is ruined. But the promise is this. We serve a God of second chances and third chances. He says, my plan still stands. The problem, I'm not safe. God's promise, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Just call upon my name and I'll be with you. The problem, I'm overwhelmed. And God says, I will send you my spirit. The promise of his Holy Spirit, I will not let you walk alone. Every problem must face the promises of God. And some of you, the only thing you're packing in your lunch is every problem you've ever faced, every problem you're carrying right now. And I want you to start unpacking your lunch and say, I'm going to begin to pack the promises of God in my life. 
problems, that's all right. I'm taking them out because this is the great news is this. God says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies so I can carry my lunch in the middle of all my problems, in the middle of all my haters, in the middle of all my doubters. And I can sit there and I can eat in the presence of the Lord. Why? Because my cup is running over. Surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell at the table and the house of the Lord forever so I can eat my lunch right there saying, I'm going to eat the promises of God. I'm going to live the promises of God. I'm going to bring in a better attitude. Why are you smiling? Because this is another great day. God, you're going to use me. I'm telling you, my guys, my, my job is never going to get better. I'm never going to get a raise. I'm, listen, you go in with a good attitude tomorrow to work. How about you honor your boss that nobody else is honoring because they don't like them? But you take a spirit of excellence and say, I'm unpacking a better attitude today. I'm going to take out today a good attitude. Boss, can I do anything for you? Thank you for being such a good boss. Can I do a job better today? Can I help anything off your plate? Can I do anything to help you? Can I stay a little later and help anything? What's going to happen? God's going to minister to your boss through you, and he's going to use your right attitude to unleash the promises of God in your life. In a world of complainers, in a world of lazy people who don't want to show up to work on time, show up early, do a job unto the Lord, pack your lunch with a good attitude, and let God exalt you. Amen? Come on, yeah. Quit feeling sorry for yourself and pack a different lunch. I don't like the meal. We'll pack a different lunch tomorrow. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you, not me. All right. Listen. Your problems and your feelings, they're real. I'm not here to tell you your problems aren't real. I'm not here to tell you your feelings aren't real. But they are no match for your God. Your problems are no match for your God. Listen, your problems, look at this. Your problems are temporary, but his promises are forever. Come on, that should get you really excited today. That's why I can go in with a good lunch tomorrow. I can go in when I'm carrying. Why? Because my problems are only temporary. The promises of God last forever. That means that this, I don't have to worry. This too shall pass. This problem too shall pass. God's already got a solution. God's already got a way out. This will fix itself. God will heal this. I will do things differently ahead. So right now I'm going to walk and believe in that. And I'm going to quit carrying around the problem and letting it weigh me down. See, your problem is not in control. God is in control. Quit giving control to your problems. Quit giving control to everything going bad in your life. And say, God, you're in control of my life. I'm going to believe you for the best. I'm going to believe for God's best in my life. Quit letting your problems go and ruin your marriage. Quit letting your problems ruin your work experience. Quit letting your problems ruin your relationships. Quit letting your problems ruin your day and get up and say, this is temporary. God, you are eternal and so are your promises are yes and amen. All of God's promises are yes and amen. So I can get up, I can walk in that by faith and know it's going to get better. It's going to get better because the Bible says all things work together for good. God causes all things. When one door closes, that means God's got a better door opening up in the future. I just got to trust him. Or do I hang out that door, Mike, and say, my door didn't open for me. 
if you did that, you'd still be at the first door, wouldn't you? But what happens? You walk through the doors that God opens, and when God shuts it, you stop complaining and say, all right, God, you got a better door. I'm believing you. I'm believing you, God, for a better place. God, I'm believing you for a better situation. But let, let me make it very clear. A broken heart doesn't mean God has broken his promises. A broken heart doesn't mean God has broken his promises. You can have a broken heart, Sarah and Abraham. Sarah was a broken, broken lady. Sarah was broken. You, you, can, you can have a broken heart, but just because you're having those feelings of being broken doesn't mean God has broken his promise for you. God will, God will, God will work it out for your good. God will turn things around. God will show up when he needs to show out. God's already got a time and a place. He's wanting to do something in your life. But just because you're broken doesn't mean God's broken his promises. Because all of God's promises are what? Yes and amen. We have to choose to pack our own lunch. I choose to receive. I, I choose to put in and receive God's promises. I choose to believe God's going to work it out. I choose to believe things are going to get better. I choose to believe I'm going to walk healed. I choose to believe I'm going to smile again. I choose to believe I'm going to laugh again. I choose to believe I'm going to find love again. You've got to choose to believe those things. And number two, you've got to learn to walk in the promise. Walk in the promise. Have you ever broken a foot, a leg, sprained an ankle, injured your foot in the way? Maybe it was, you played sports and you did it in the sports. Maybe you just old and you went to bed feeling good and you got up and you can't walk. Some of you young people, you got a lot to look forward to. Anyway, I don't know, I went to bed. It wasn't hurting. I got up, it was hurting. I don't know what happened. I kind of, did you twist my ankle in the middle of what happened? I can't walk this morning. It was feeling fine. I wake up, it's not, I don't know what happened. You go to the doctor, and once they do, they put you on crutches. And then you walk on crutches for a couple of weeks, maybe four weeks, and then he transitions you to a walking boot. And then you walk with that walking boot. For a while, and then eventually you take the walking boot off and you can walk normal, right? See, if you are a healthy person before the injury, and then you're injured, they give you the crutches and the walking boot because you need it, right? You need help. Sometimes we need a crutch. Sometimes we need support. But they never expect you to walk on crutches for the rest of your life. Just because you've been hurt doesn't mean you can walk around on crutches the rest of your life. Some of you have been hanging on to security. This is my crutch. I was hurt. I'm going to stay there. Instead of saying, I was hurt, but through God's grace, through God's help, through God's healing, I will walk again. The doctor expects you to walk again. The doctor expects you to get healthy again. The doctor expects you to be strong again. These are the things he expects out of our life. And so God expects the same thing. When you've been hurt, when you've been broken, it's okay to use the crutches when you've gone through and say, yeah, 
My heart's been broken. My, my spirit's been broken. I need a timeout. I need someone to carry me. I need, I need help. It's okay to have those moments, but we don't stay there forever. Eventually, God expects us to heal and to go on. See, God wants you to walk in the promise. Just because the promise didn't come when you expected it to come doesn't mean God doesn't have it already ahead of you waiting for you. If you'll just lay down your crutches and begin to walk again in faith, God's got the promise waiting for you. You you got to believe. You got to believe it. See, look at Genesis 21, verse 1 and 2. The Lord kept his word. God did what? God kept his word. And did for Sarah, say it with me, exactly what he had promised. God did exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened just the time God had said it would. Just because I'm on crutches doesn't mean God doesn't have a time waiting for me to get better. Put it down. Get better. Walk in faith. The promises of God can be a process. Healing is a process. I don't start walking again. It's a process. It's a process of crutches and a walking boot and staying off it and icing it and heating it, elevating it. I mean, it's therapy sometimes. It's it's a lot. It's a process. Healing can be a process But I'm telling you, God, through the process, wants to show up with the promise. And I believe that many times the promise is for somebody who's already fought through the process and didn't give up, who didn't quit when times got hard, who didn't give up when their marriage got hard, didn't give up when things came to them. They didn't expect it, but they stood up and they faced it and said, no, devil, not today. I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk again. I'm going to smile again. I'm going to believe God that all things are going to work together for my good. God can do something new. Look at this. God can do something new through something old. Isn't that a great story of Abraham and Sarah? God did something new through people who were old. Now, when we first hear this statement, I want you to know that it's automatically our mind that he's just talking about older people. And I'm not talking about them because I'm getting close to those people now. I used to be the young. I'm not quite in the old, but I'm not in the young no more. And so I look, and this is not, this statement has nothing to do with age, even though it can be applied. What it really has to do with this is that you can have an old problem. You can have an old injury. You can have an old hurt that's been lingering around for years and years and years. And God can begin to do a new thing in that when you trust him for the promises of God in your life. Just because you've been carrying a problem around for decades doesn't mean God doesn't want you to lay that problem down and be free. He wants to renew your hope. He wants to renew your spirit. Look at Genesis 21, 6 now. Remember, they, they laughed in their pain, right? And now, in Genesis 21, 6, and Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. All those who hear the story, 
thousands of years from now at Destiny Church, they're going to laugh about this story. How can God use an old woman and man like me and her? How can God do this? It's a funny story when we think about it. It's a funny promise. But I tell you this, God did amazing things in their life, and God fulfilled every promise. Abraham became the father of many nations. We can even trace Jesus' lineage back to Abraham and Sarah. God used the promise to bring the promise of the Savior. I'm telling you, through your worst situations, through your brokenness, God can bring some of his best work. God can do some of his best promises, no matter how old the promise has been. They laughed in disbelief. The first laugh was in disbelief, but the second laugh was a laugh of joy. God, first laugh was, God, could you do this? How's God going to do that? Sarcasm laugh, Hurtful laugh to cover up the pain. Now they're laughing out of joy. Can you imagine? God, you could do, there's nothing to, God, if you could give old people like us our first child, then God, you can do anything. How awesome is our God? I can't believe God actually did. And they're laughing. They're laughing with joy. They're laughing in amazement. They're laughing at the story as they tell their friends and family, no, this is ours. This ain't our grandchild. This is ours. Abraham, Sarah, going to market. Your great-grandkid? No, that's ours. <laughs> Whatever. I <laughs> know. It blew our mind, too. God says, I want you to name him Isaac. He tells him to name your child Isaac. Do you know what Isaac means? Of course, we know in that day that names had a, had a lot more meaning because they named people after their characteristic. And so... Isaac means this, he who laughs. I mean, you think God doesn't have a sense of humor? They laugh in disbelief. They laugh in their hurt. And then they laugh in their joy. And then God says, by the way, go ahead and name them laughter. So every time Sarah says, Isaac, get in here. Isaac, clean your room. Isaac, go help your father. Isaac, come and eat. Every time she says his name, she's reminded of the laughter. I laughed in my pain and I laughed in my joy. Today, I want to remind you today that you may have pain, but the Bible is very clear that he turns my mourning into dancing. He takes my darkest hour and he allows the weeping to start as the sun comes up on a new day. That our God specializes in turning things around in our life. Our God specializes in bringing joy back to your life. Our God specializes in bringing laughter back to your home. Our God specializes in bringing a Smile back to your face. This is our God. Every time they call this name, they remember the laughter of the Lord. Why? Because all of God's promises are yes and amen. All of God's promises are yes and amen. What will you pack for your lunch tomorrow? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you, Lord, for an incredible story of your faithfulness. If you can do it for Abraham and Sarah, God, you can do it for us. Our faith is growing today. Before we go any further in the service, I want to ask you the question. This, this becomes the most important question 
you've ever been asked today or any other day. The question is this, have you given your heart fully to Jesus Christ? Have you accepted him as Lord of your life? The Bible says to become a Christian, we must do this. The Bible says to be a believer, we must believe with our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, that he died on the cross for my sins. He resurrected on the third day. Do you believe that today? If you, you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never surrendered it and say, Pastor, today I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. Whether you're here in the auditorium, you're watching online, I'm speaking to you as well. If that's you, I won't do anything. I'm not going to embarrass you or single you out. I promise you, nobody's looking at me right now. But if you're ready to make Jesus your Lord, can you just simply lift your hand up where you're at so I can say, I want to pray for you. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I see those hands. All right, if you raised your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. As Christians around you, we'll help you with it as well. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we say, welcome to the family of God. Give a big hand clap. Yeah, this is awesome. This is why we're here.